I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? Praise God, I call you blessed today, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. Let me tell you, Jesus is Lord over your life. Our telecast and what we're dealing with right now in these series, just called Heaven and Hell. And we are going in the Bible to define each one, who's going there, what could cause you to go to heaven or hell, and what you can do to avoid hell and make heaven. You don't want to miss a single broadcast. You also want to get our series, Heaven and Hell. If you contact us, we'll tell you how to get this and all the stuff involved in it. You got to have it because these are heavy topics and we can't cover them all on a 30 minute or so telecast. But you're going to want to study it deeper. This may be some of the most important things I've ever taught for the last day's generations. So I, I challenge you to do it. Also, pray for us, would you please? That's not hard. Pray for us that God will just use us, strengthen my voice, strengthen my team. Send an offering when you can. That's not wicked. That's not wrong. I'm not charging you. So if you never send a penny, I'm still going to bring the Word of God to you. But you can be my partner on a regular basis, once in a while, or just once, and help me preach like we've never preached before in such a dark time as this. Call and get the series. Be a partner and uh, we'll study together, amen. Hold your Bible up, say, I believe everything that my Bible says. No matter what, no matter what the devil says, no matter what people say, and no matter what my circumstances say. Tonight, I am a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver. And I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything that God has for me tonight. In Jesus' name, say amen. Clap for the Bible. Come on, clap for the Bible. Thank God for the Bible. Open it up quickly, please. We've spent good time in church tonight. For those of you streaming with us, you know. But it's all good. It's all good time. It's spent, but it's good time. But we're still going to study for a few minutes. Praise God. Praise God. Luke chapter 21. Yeah, amen. Luke 21. Please turn there. And we're going to start reading in verse 25. Luke chapter 21. There's two great chapters. Well, they're all great chapters. But there's two chapters that just really cover the last days really great. And more and more, as we live out the last days, we need to keep going back and realize what was predicted, what we can do about it, because that's our generations, is to live now in the time of the end. Everybody say the end. Yeah. This is not the time of the beginning. The door to the Gentiles, which is called the, the door of the church, the time of the church is coming to a rapid close. It won't be long and that door to the Gentile will be closed. And that's why we got to work so much now 
and do get all your time invested, get your life invested, get your money invested, get your talents invested. Uh, anywhere you go, evangelize, because we're now climaxing the ages. Everybody say, I know I, know. I, live, I live in the time of the end. Well, this is going to find that. Matthew 24 is a great chapter. Luke 21 is a great chapter to define what's going on in the last days. Let's just read it really quick. Uh, not the whole chapter, but starting like in, in verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. I'm going to read that again. Men's hearts failing them for fear and men's hearts failing them because they're looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man, whoo, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh, or has come now close. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And until you come, let us win every person we can to heaven. Amen. Help us, Lord. And uh, as we read on, verse 29, And he spoke to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, you see, and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, 31, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is close at hand. Fairly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Stop right now, close your eyes, lift a hand. If you know anybody, that once served God, that has the Word of God in them, that doesn't serve God now, claim them. Just say, Lord, I believe. Well, I'll pray it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe your Word never, never, ever, never returns void. So this person that's on my mind and heart right now will turn back to you because I know that the Word of God is in them, and your words shall not pass away. 34, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. That means carousing. It also means spiritual carousing. Some of you, you live a scrambled egg life because you listen to too many preachers. You're surfeiting. And you're getting all this carousing. You're carousing. One preacher after another, after another. Flip the channel. Watch this. Do that. Follow this one. Listen to that one. If they were all of the same doctrine, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be quite so bad. 
But so I, I just said that because I don't want you to think that surfeiting and carousing here just means like boozing it up and going out looking for another human to take to bed, speaking bluntly or something like that. Don't let your heart be overcharged with carousing and drunkenness. A lot of people are not drunk on alcohol, but they are on the world. They're intoxicated with the spirit of the world. They're worldly. And the cares of this life, so that that day, so that day come upon you unawares. That's what happened in Noah's day. How could a guy like Noah and his kids build an ark, a big boat that no one had ever seen anything like it before, preached about the coming judgment, and they still didn't get it. They still didn't believe the preacher. They didn't believe judgment was coming. They didn't, absolutely did not believe they were all going to die until they all began to die. Then all of a sudden I'm a believer in God and Noah. But God closed that door or sealed it. God sealed that door. God said, no, I gave you the opportunity. You turned it down. Wow. Wow. Verse 35. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Is that you? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like a snare, it will come so quick and the jaws of that snare will close so fast on everybody who dwells on the face of the earth. That's you too. That's me too. That's how quick this is going to happen. When it happens, that's how quick this is going to happen. I w if I known I was going to preach on this tonight, I would have had Randy Saylor bring that big old bear trap that he found me. Did I ever show that to you yet? Man, we should have brought that over here and got three guys, it takes three guys, <laughs> to set it. And then, and then I should have just released it once and let you see the power of the jaws of that snare and how fast it will close. The blink of an eye, done. One blink of the eye is done. The jaws came closed and it'll close with such, with such power, it'll jump off the ground about a foot and a half. Bang, it's over. That's what this said. All, everybody on the face of the whole earth, every country, Every place, every human being, both saved and not. That's how fast it'll come, like a snare. Now, the people that answered and said, no, that's not us. Well, what you really meant was, that's not you going to get caught in the snare. But there's no, there's no uh, differentiation here that because you're a born-again Christian, you won't be snared. That's, I believe that's why it says, upon all of us who are anywhere on the face of the earth, that's how fast it's going to happen. Amen. What do we do about it, Doc? Verse 36. Watch ye therefore. That's one thing you can do about it. What are you watching, by the way? What, what, what are you paying attention to? Watch ye therefore, and what? Tell me. Pray. Out loud, tell me. Pray, Pray always that you may be accounted worthy, I'm going to read it really slow, to escape all 
these things that shall come to pass, uh-oh, and to stand before the Son of Man. So now he's talking about watching and praying so you not only escape the dangers of the earth that last day's people face, but now he's talking about also watching and praying so you make it and you can stand before the Son of Man. There's other verses. Timothy's a great one where it says, perilous times shall come. And, uh, and then the Holy Spirit lists what they mean by perilous times. It said, uh, one place it says, and many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to, listening to, paying attention to, seducing spirits and demonic doctrines, doctrines that aren't right. Doctrines that aren't biblical will draw people away in the last days. Perilous times shall come, the next verse says, or the rest of that verse says, for men shall be. So he's not even, in that text, he's not even talking about earthquakes. He's not talking about hurricanes. He's not talking about, you know, the glaciers melting. He's not talking about, you know, wars and rumors of wars. He's talking about the misbehavior of human beings. The anti-God living as far as they can away from the Bible way, and that's what makes the day perilous, dangerous. Now, I always, you know, relate to this somehow, so sorry, stick with me. But when I was a young man and a young Marine, we were taught about minefields, that you just don't go tromp through a minefield. You know, sometimes you don't know the mine, the field is mined. You know, hidden explosions. They got electronic stuff now that they blow them up with. So they, you know, they got different names. But uh, now, but yeah, if you knew it was a minefield, then we were trained how to walk through there. Or if you discovered it in midfield, how to walk back out of there and not click. Because once you hear a click under your foot, you better be really, really, really good with your knife to be able to cut the sole of your boot off, keep your weight on it, have somebody else or something around you to transfer weight to the sole of your foot while you slowly move your weight off from it because that mind was made for the minute you just barely let up. Bang! It's over. That's what you get for sleeping in my meeting. <laughs> that wasn't even a big bang. It's just a bang. Wow. Just slightly lifting your foot, just slightly lifting it, and that pressure released. The ignition goes off, the trigger is pulled, and you're a dead man and everyone around you. When the Holy Spirit said these last days that we live in would be like a minefield, perilous times because of the misbehavior of humans. You ever look down the list? We won't tonight because of time, but you should go read that. It says, for men shall be, and it lists everything you're seeing today. 
hope you're not living like that, but you probably have a friend or a, na a neighbor or a relative that just lovers of themselves more than of God, lovers of pleasures more than of God. It just always relates to more than of God, more than of God, more than of God. Because when a human being walks away from God, it creates such a peril in their life. They fake it when they're around you and they act happy. Oh, I'm great, I'm happy, never been so happy. You're lying, Samson. And the anointing's lifting off your life and you're about to have your eyes plucked out forever and die with the enemy of God rather than in the arms of your loved ones. That's not the will of God. Say it's not. It is not the will of God for our life. This said, watch, pray that you'd be accounted worthy to escape all this stuff, the sexual perversion, the fierce anger and hatred and the murdering spirits, etc., etc., to escape it and be able to stay and to make it to the end and not cowered out on God. Stand before the Son of Man. Oh, shakalabatalabashi. Turn over quickly, now it'll be my last verses. Turn over to Luke 14. Come on, help me. Turn to Luke 14. Praise God. Amen. You don't want another explosion, do you? <laughs> Luke 14, 18. Praise God. Let's look at 15. Luke 14, verse 15. And when one of them that said at meat or supper with Jesus, heard these things, he said unto Jesus, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. So, this, you know, this is about the great supper. The guy came, he sat with Jesus, and Jesus says to him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man, this is the Lord speaking now, a certain man made a great supper, and he bade or invited many. Everybody say many. many. 17, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Supper's ready. 18, and they all with one consent, a better word probably be accord. They're all in agreement. They all did it together. Began to make excuse. Any man, including me, who's ever made an excuse for anything feels that their excuse justifies their action. They, they all, with one consent, made, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I ask you, I pray thee, have me excused. I got some land, man. I got to go see it, measure it, mow it, trim it, pick it, plant it. 
19, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. In other words, I'm going to work. Uh, that's, what you, that's why you have yokes of oxen, because they plowed the field, and, and they, pulled the, they pulled the sled, and they pulled the wagon. So he said, I, gotta, I, gotta, I started a business, and uh, please pray that I can be excused. And in verse 20, and another said, I married a wife. And therefore, I cannot come. That may be all three of these excuses, I guess, were legit, but they just weren't good enough. But surely this one's the most lame of all. Yeah. Why, I married a wife. Sounds like Adam echoing all the way from Eden. I couldn't come. I married a wife. 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things, these excuses. Then the master of the house, uh-oh, what's that say? Being angry. The master's angry when we don't show up to the banquet feast. He's angry about it. And said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets, the lanes of the city. Bring in here the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, <coughs> it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. Look around and see if there's any room in here at all. And the servant said, 22, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So now we know what banquet he's talking about, church services, that my house might, would be filled. For I say unto you, this is a tough verse, that none of those men, humans, which were invited shall taste of my supper. And people just think they're going to freely go to heaven without going to church. Wow. That's amazing. He was angry because there was still room. Where is everybody? Well, I invited this group. Yes, sir, they were invited. Well, go out and get this group. Done there, tried that. Well, go compel these to come in, but I want my house full. Now they went from invite to go get to compel. Invite them. Go get them and compel them, convince them they got to be chasing God in his house. And all those others who were invited, those that we went to get and they turned us down, none of them will taste of his supper. That, my friend, like it or lump it, agree with me or not, is just how important Jesus Christ considers church attendance. 
You may not, but he does. And the problem with you may not and he does, several things come to my mind right now. But one of them is, you're not the Lord and this is not your supper. Neither am I. That's how important it is that God considers church attendance. That there being that my house would be full. Angry. The Lord of the house was angry. Now we know he's talking about himself because he ended up saying about himself that every one of those that I invited and red letters and every one of those that I sent you to go get and they turned you down will not taste of my supper. You know, I used to preach really punchy like this, and you all said amen. Amen. (laughs) We're on our way to heaven, not hell. And I will close with this. It's what I preached the other morning. Fifty-four times your Bible defines hell. Half of them, approximately, are in the New Testament. And uh, 80-some percent of the half in the New Testament came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. He didn't talk about a bad day. He didn't say internal salvation. He said eternal. He didn't say internal heaven. He said eternal salvation. Everlasting death or everlasting life. Imagine that. And there's still people who have no picture of hell. But Jesus Christ said, and the Bible's clear, The highway to hell is wide. Did you bring a Bible? I got this sizzling hot message, so I'm not trying to get anybody into hell. I'm trying to get everybody off that road and turn them around and get them on the highway to heaven. You put your eyes on Jesus and you're on the highway to heaven. Imagine these two gates. Now, these gates are to eternity. That's why salvation is called eternal salvation. Oh, wait a minute. Or eternal damnation. That's why this is called everlasting life. Once you are born again, you better do something with what God put in your life. You better not be spent for nothing. You better be ready to get ready. Wow. You got to be able to say to your God, or at least ask him, was I worth dying for? Praise God, Mark Barkley here again. Thank you. Whether you join me for a minute or the entire broadcast, tell everybody about it and invite them because I'll be back with more of this. I have in my hand the CD series. We also have it on USB drive. And uh, it's just called Heaven and Hell. That's what we're studying together right now. But understand that when we do a telecast, the time is short, not compared to an entire series like this. This may be one of the most important things I've ever taught about eternity, what's coming down the pike, and what's happening to us right now. You want to be ready for heaven because we are running out of time on planet Earth. This will help you, and you you can listen to it, pass it on to everybody you know. I'll be praying for you. If you don't know my Jesus, invite him in your life right now and then contact us 
You're going to need to know what to do next. You can't just say a little prayer and think that's it. We're going to help you. We are here to help you. We are anointed to help you. We are financed to help you. And that's what we're going to do. Get the series, Heaven and Hell. Tell everybody about it. Tell everybody about the broadcast. Pray for us and become a partner. If you are a partner, keep it up. We need every prayer we can get and every penny we can get our hands on, not for me, to preach the gospel to the last day's generation. Thank you. I call you blessed. See you on the next broadcast. Amen.